everybody. How are you today? This is Jillian and welcome to the Quench Life podcast. And with me today, I have Susan Taylor, also known as my mom. Hi, mom. Welcome to my podcast. Hi, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with it being the week of Thanksgiving, I thought it would be a great time to have a conversation with the lady who started it all, my mom and Susan. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started in the fitness industry? Okay. Well, um, I had had you and I was not feeling very in shape and, you know, the, the baby fat was hanging around and I joined Gloria Stevens. And those were the days where we wore pink ballet slippers. There was pink shag carpeting and, um, you only joined a gym when you needed to lose weight. Um, uh, so it was basic calisthenics and, and that's how I got my introduction. Now backtracking, I was always active. I yep. loved to horseback ride and play tennis and just really active. But when you came along, my life changed. So to Gloria Stevens, I went. And it was, it was kind of fun, all women. And we weighed in every week. We got our measurements done every, every month. Um, different fitness than we know now. Uh, so that was my introduction. And from that, the facility they closed down all of the Gloria Stevens. You probably haven't even heard of that name. It's been so long, but the franchise closed. So the individual clubs were for sale and being kind of my normal self, I I could do this. And someone lied to me. They said they run themselves. (laughs) That's not true. You know that now. So yeah, I took a second mortgage on our our house to buy it, knew absolutely nothing what I was getting into. The advantage I had is that I worked for a cardiologist and a nephrologist, a kidney specialist. So I had a little background in health, but knew nothing about teaching exercise or any of it, marketing, HR, none of it. So it was a hoot to get started that way. Yeah. So that was what, back in 83? Was that year I was born? (laughs) Probably 86. 86. Yeah. Yeah. And so at that time, what was fitness focused on? Well, fitness is changed. And here's an interesting thing, is that fitness for women, the studies and the information really wasn't happening then. And it didn't evolve until much later. For an example, women couldn't run in the marathons, uh, not until 1972 thereabouts, because they thought women would die, their hearts would explode or or whatever. So fitness and health studies didn't start until much later. So we went to, you know, Jack LaLanne, the basic calisthenics, and and then it progressed through, through the years. But honestly, fitness for women is still kind of evolving. Um, you know, we learned that sitting on a piece of equipment and just working one muscle group at a time is not effective and doesn't get us where we need to be. And um, Wayne Westcott was kind of the first one who really studied women in um, strength training. He was out of Boston. And that was the beginning of the change of my business evolving. Right. And so we finally understood women's bodies a little bit better. Um, and how we can make a difference and that joining a gym wasn't all about just losing weight it was about health and it was about feeling better and um, taking care of ourselves which never really was in the 
the plan. We never had time for that. So yeah, I mean, when Wayne Westcott took over the studies for, for women, we um, really embraced that. Um, women can lift more than three pounds. And um, from there, the, the training and science evolved to multi-muscle, multi-joint movement, which how we move every day. Mm-hmm. And cardiometabolic training, which you're doing now, and all of a sudden women are getting in shape uh, and um, moving our bodies the way they are meant to move. Yeah. Yeah. Totally with the progression that it's made. So what are some things that have you learned along the ways of working with as many women as you have um, that, that you've kind of learned from and, and would pass on to all of us getting started right now in fitness? Yeah. Well, the, the myths that's, that still carries with us the myths of exercise. I don't want to lift weight because I don't want to get big. And that's a hard one to um, explain about the benefits of strength training. And my, my, my analogy that I've always used is when you lift something heavy, um, you'll actually do, it sounds terrible, but little microscopic tears of the muscle. And then overnight, a brick layering. So another, another muscle cell grows. So the more muscle you have, this is interesting, multiple things happen. One is those little muscle cells are like Pac-Man. They want to eat. Mm-hmm. So the more muscle cells you have, that's you know, your metabolism. It's consuming the calories that, that you um, are, are eating. Um, the other thing is, is that the muscle now gets tighter around the body. So it acts like a, a girdle. It supports your skeleton. So all the, the back problems and knee problems and everything, those, those go away because the muscle's now tight. So that was probably the, the, the hardest thing to share and um, change the thought process for, for most women. Yeah. I think there's a lot of comfort when you talk about, you know, if you call it traditional exercise or kind of how everybody got started, like, well, I really enjoy doing step or I really enjoy doing body pump. But over time, you know, your muscle, you start to have aches and pains because you're not working out necessarily the the correct way that that you should be. Um, So there's that. Right. Overuse the same, same movement over and over and over. And um, that's kind of a good point because sometimes, you know, you'd, you'd meet with somebody that says, I, you know, I've been doing this for a year, step aerobics, say, or the same class or the same movement over and over. And you, you do stop changing. Now, I want to say that you're moving and that's healthy. Absolutely. But a variety of movements and a progression in the pattern protects the body and, and keeps you strong and, and moving forward on, on, on many levels, so. Yeah, there's definitely a lot to be said with that. And then also moving away from that to give your body the opportunity to, um, you know, repair itself um, and, and work it correctly because you can, I think what a lot of people don't realize is, or women, is that you can get rid of knee pain. Your lower back pain can go away if yes. you start doing the correct things and really paying attention and focusing versus ignoring it and hoping it goes away. Because I think a lot of us go that direction too, that maybe yeah. if I ignore it long enough, it'll just go away. I mean, gone are the days, if you had a bad back, you'd lay in bed for weeks and it just made things worse. If, if something hurt, you just avoided doing it. The doctor said, well, if your elbow hurts, don't 
don't move your, your elbow. Yeah. But now, you know, like with rehabilitation after surgery or whatever, I mean, you know, that same day they're, they're getting you moving. So that's the point is that um, being strong and having the muscle support your skeleton is, is critical as we age and, and just for the health of it and to avoid injuries. And so it's, it's fascinating, but that was all new information. I mean, we just didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and it's still new information. I think that there's a lot of, um, thinking that is changing. So every day there is a lot of, of new information and details on how you should be doing things. Yeah. Um, specifically, I think there's a lot of misinformation about women in menopause um, and how a lot of that affects our body. When you start talking about the hormone um, and everything that happens, there's not a lot to be said on uh, studies or information on what it is that we should be doing when we go through that process. Well, at least the positive thing is now that the science is out there and they are studying it. And um, whereas before, females just didn't have that opportunity. We never had that information. So it's it's progressing, and and that's nice to see. But um, yeah, I, I think that the, the challenge for for me with with the women were overcoming all the myths and 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 the objections. And so it's nice to be able to provide true scientific information going through the grocery line you know and seeing all the crazy magazines and the headlines i mean they're crazy magazine headlines yeah we read it and we, we we believe it just sometimes like on on um, facebook we read the news and we read these silly things and we believe it to be true yeah so i think as consumers um we do need to uh, be careful and read and be informed as much as we can. Right. Yeah. I mean, I also think that, you know, unfortunately uh, there's only so many reasons why you kind of make a decision to get involved in the gym. Uh, you know, and it's never good news on how that happens. You're either at the doctor um, and it's bad news from the doctor or, you know, bad news from your partner um, or, you know, the pants just don't get fit. You, unfortunately, it's kind of like deflated reason why you, you kind of get, going in the gym nobody rolls over tomorrow and is like you know what I just want to feel better <laughs> uh, it would be helpful if more people were like that but it's just it has to you know you have to get to a point where you're ready to make a change um, so over time like what were the biggest things nutritionally that you know have changed um, and that you know maybe one of the, the funniest things that you guys did over time with nutrition or diets is there one that was extra standoutish on crazy uh, um, crazy. I, you know, honestly, I love food. So coming from me, I, you know, I like to cook and sit down and have a meal every single day. And I think that the biggest thing that we always try to do is you have to learn to live with food. You can't live without it. So under my watch, I wouldn't really say that we did anything too crazy with nutrition. Um, you know, the progression of our business required that we constantly went to some type of training, some type of certification. And we did uh, have a program called Biometrics years ago, and that was just good food. And it came with all the recipes and the quantities of food, and it got us back into the kitchen and realizing that it's not a difficult thing you know years ago we all ate whole good food and then when the um, frozen foods came out I mean it, it kind of changed how we 
prepared meals and, and what we what we did at home. And I think that was kind of the beginning of things that shouldn't be consumed were. Um, but yeah, I, I think that with nutrition, the, especially the way you, you're working with everyone at Quench, um, you're, you're teaching that you need to eat. The body needs to be fueled like gasoline to a car. If you expect the car to run, you've got to put gas in it. Yeah. And, um, you know, good, good whole food. You, you go for it. Enjoy yeah. it. Eat it. Eat it until you're blue in the face because yeah. there's not enough salad in the world. <laughs> yeah, no. And you're not going to feel good. Your energy's going to be low. And that gets in the way of how you, your body's responding. If you're, lift, if, you're, if you're lifting weights, just a, a salad with vinegar in it, it's not going to help build the muscle that, that you're hoping to accomplish there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as women, we're always looking for, you know, the best, easiest, quickest way to get something done. Um, and unfortunately, it doesn't take us very long, you know, to put on weight because time flies by quick. You know, you think that you put on weight overnight, but that's not the logical series of how that went. It did take time. Um, and then when you decide to do something, you're like, okay, well, I ate right this week um, and I walked and I went to the gym, so it should be be done now. So I think understanding that there is an amount of time and patience that has to come with that process uh, to, to be successful because you shouldn't, like you said, those crazy magazines, we shouldn't be losing 10 pounds in a week. That's just not healthy and safe. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, kind of a fun thing, a few little tidbits here to kind of pull us all together is um, back to the strength training, you know, you, one of the chemicals that you need for, to build muscle is testosterone. And that's the advantage that men have, that they have more testosterone. Females do have testosterone, not as much. And that helps us with the, the, the muscle. Now, that being said, if you have two people standing together on scales, one, they both weigh 150 pounds, say. One's a size four and one's a size 12. Why? Well, because one's strength training. <laughs> one's strength training. And the muscles tightened and made the body smaller and more efficient. And the other is not. And so fat takes more space. So one has a, a good metabolism, the body's being supported, and the other doesn't, and is bigger. Yeah. So we know now that that's not, not a, a, a healthy thing. Um, but to get that tone and that strength, you have to, you have to feed it properly. Yeah. And that being said, you know, I remember years ago in the gym business, and they were like, oh, you're so lucky, you're in shape, and you know, this is what you do all day. And of course, the business side, you, like any business, you really have to tweak out the time right. to, to stay healthy and fit. Um, but I never woke up and said, yes, you know, I can't wait. It was always, you know, I need to do this because I'll feel better after. I always felt better. Those endorphins just got me going, you know, but it's not easy. It's, yeah. And I think having that understanding that fitness isn't easy. I mean, I tell everybody all, all the time, like, this really is stinky sometimes. It's hard. You get sweaty. Some days it's really easy because you ate well and slept well. And other days it's like you've never worked out a day in your life and you're starting over. And, you know, it's all dependent on what you've eaten, how much you've slept, how that looks. And that could be a mess sometimes. So I think it's just everybody struggles with the process, what the, it's the, having the pro the ability just to say, 
okay, I just have to go get it done. Whether, you know, it's only, it's shorter because you have less energy or less time or, you know, whatever you can fit in that day is better than just giving up and, and not fitting something in. But that's the benefit of a trainer. Yeah. I don't want to have to think of what I want to do. I want to show up. If I have the appointment, I'll show up and you lead me, tell me what to do, keep me safe, keep me motivated, keep me going. And that was always important for me. I always kind of had to have that, that person around. Yeah. yeah. And I still use, it's funny because I still, like Marion and I, yesterday we're boxing uh, with Jesse because it's nice to not have to think about what to do when you come into the gym. So everybody needs a coach or some support uh, not to have to think about it. It's nice to not. Well, and I cheat. I cheat. If I'm out there, you know, working by myself, I, yeah, I don't work as hard or as effectively as I, I know I could. I've always, eh, you know, yeah. so. Yeah, it's really good to have somebody keep you on track and keep you motivated and encourage you. You can do one more. I think you can lift one pound heavier or a couple more pounds heavier today. So yeah, that's it's really important to have that person support you for sure. Yeah. So I asked Kathy this question, so I'm going to ask you the same question, is what would you tell or ask your fitness self, you know, for, from... 10 or 15 years ago, what would you tell yourself now from being doing this so long and being in fitness so long? Like what was something that you wish you would tell yourself or that you wish you had known kind of going through it? It's a hard one. Sorry. <laughs> um, well, I guess what I'm happy about is that it was a lifestyle change for me. So now being 60, you know, I can take the grandkid up and do the obstacles in the trees and zip lining and um, I play tennis and the other day I scratched my head she goes oh you're running like a 40 year old and I had I thought at first it was an insult and then I'm like oh yeah right I'm not I'm not under 40 anymore <laughs> you know so <laughs> you know it, I guess what I'm saying is um, it's whatever I did then is, is still benefiting me now which right. Well, it's giving you more life, right? It's continuing your life. You, just Absolutely. because you're getting older doesn't mean that you have to take a take a back seat. And, no, <laughs> no, 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 absolutely, yeah. yeah. So being part of life experience is important. Good news, bad news. You'll probably have me for a long time. I'm going to shoot for 100 years old. I figured I'll drive all you guys crazy. <laughs> that is good news and bad news. <laughs> yes, I know. Involved. <laughs> Well, on that note, we'd like to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. We hope that you have a uh, relaxing couple of days uh, with your family. Keep it small. Keep it safe. Mom, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy we love Thanksgiving. you. <laughs> and we will talk to everybody soon. Have a good day, Mom. Thank you. Bye. There's so much information about what women should be doing to stay fit and healthy. It makes it hard to know what information is right. Join me, Jillian Russo, every Wednesday as I interview women who have finally made themselves a priority. Each episode contains inspirational stories from women just like you who have had enough and have decided to make health and fitness part of their everyday lives. I'll also be inviting other health and wellness professionals to share their stories and provide tips on health, nutrition, wellness, life, and much more.